Hi, this is Steve Nerlick from Cheap Astronomy. Why, 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 why Cheap Astronomy? Yeah, why? And this is Dear Cheap Astronomy, Episode 29, Dark is the New Black. Want to start a new astrophysics theory that will grab everyone's attention? Just put the word dark in front of it. Dark energy, dark matter, dark flow, dark stars, not to mention dark energy stars. If it's dark, it's cool. In reality, dark is just shorthand for We don't understand this at all, we just know that there's something here that we might understand one day. For example, dark matter might actually be some kind of unknown matter, And dark flow could be an indication that we've collided with another universe, but it might also just be a data artefact, or it might be the indication of a large galactic cluster just beyond the border of our observable universe. But everyone loves a mystery, so let there be dark. Dear Cheap Astronomy, Is dark energy anti-gravity? And if so, could we ever harness it to build anti-gravity machines? Well, no and no, but as we like to say at Cheap Astronomy, let's get there the long way round. The universe really is expanding. There's some sound observational evidence for that. And its rate of expansion really is accelerating. There's some pretty sound observational evidence for that, too. Dark energy is allegedly the force that is making the universe accelerate in its expansion. But it's important to be clear that it didn't start the expansion. The standard model of cosmology just says that something started the universe expanding, Something that gave it a very big push to bring about a stupendous universal inflation within the first few fractions of the very first second. Dark energy is thought to have kicked in about the time that we might have otherwise expected that the initial big push would have begun running down. Because the push had been dispersed in making the universe enormous, and because the cooling gravitating energy density within the universe would have begun to resist further expansion. We say dark energy must have kicked in right about then, because there is no observational evidence to indicate that the universe's expansion has ever been slowed up by the gravitational effect of its contents. Looking at the observational data we have available to us, From the earliest times where we have supernova and redshift data, right up until the current day, all we can reliably measure is that the universe has expanded at an ever-increasing rate. What we hypothesise, on the basis of circumstantial evidence, is that very early on, the universe must have expanded at a stupendous rate to be the way it is today, And, today, it clearly isn't expanding nearly that fast. So, some kind of slowdown is assumed, although it's never been observed. And that's all we've really got to say. 
Early rapid inflation is the only explanation we have for why the universe is as even and homogeneous as it is. And dark energy is the only explanation we have to explain why the universe is expanding the way it is. And who knows, all that might really turn out to be true. And here at Cheap Astronomy, we're not offering up any alternate hypothesis. Here at Cheap Astronomy, we're just suggesting you might want to sit back and wait for a bit more evidence to come in. As for harnessing dark energy, if it turns out to be real, well, there's a long tradition in the TV show Mythbusters where, when faced with an uncertain hypothesis, the first thing you do is to try a small-scale experiment. Unfortunately, we're yet to come across any kind of energy that is able to expand space-time, let alone accelerate it, at small, tiny, or even nanoscales. Of course, the absence of evidence is not evidence of absence, but it's not evidence of presence either. Once again, it's probably best just to sit back and wait and see what science still has to deliver. So, for the moment at least, it's not looking likely that we will all be riding dark energy hoverboards anytime soon. And thanks me. So whatever dark energy is, it almost certainly isn't some kind of new energy. Although I don't have anything to offer as an alternative, I'd just rather we said dark something. Of course, if you want to go really dark, there's always one place we know we can rely on to provide absolutely nothing in the way of information, even though there is very obviously something there. And of course, that place is a black hole. Dear Cheap Astronomy, is the universe actually a black hole? Well, probably not, but as with many ideas involving black holes, it's difficult to establish any evidence to either support or refute this. Nearly all the data we would like to have about black holes sits irretrievably behind their event horizons. This is probably why so many theories abound about black holes. No one can easily prove them wrong. But in an attempt to counter the strange notion that the universe is a black hole, let's begin at the beginning. That is, the Big Bang. At the very start of the universe, all the mass-energy density of the universe was contained within a single microscopic volume. So isn't that a problem from the start? How come the Big Bang didn't remain in a collapsed gravitational state since it comprised all the compressed mass-energy density of every single black hole that would come later? Here we are dealing with physics that we don't yet fully understand, but which probably have something to do with entropy. The infinitely dense singularity at the start of the universe had zero entropy while the infinitely dense singularity inside a black hole has infinite entropy, or at least the highest entropy level that it is possible to have. Or if we look at it from a space-time perspective, time starts with Big Bang expansion, and time ends, at least locally, beyond the event horizons of compressed black holes, 
where clocks appear to slow to a standstill. The universe is a black hole proponents try to use these concepts of opposites to support their theory. Couldn't the formation of a contracted black hole lead to the formation of an expanding white hole, where that expanding white hole represents the birth of a new universe off somewhere else in the multiverse? Yes, but hang on. In our universe, black holes aren't exactly scarce, nor are they especially huge. The biggest supermassive black hole we know about. Is forty billion solar masses and has an event horizon that's almost two hundred and fifty billion kilometers in diameter. That's certainly big, but it's nowhere near big enough to represent the opposite of our entire universe in either energy mass density or in volume. So maybe our universe just isn't much good at creating new universes. And just hiccups a few little ones now and again. Maybe there are other universes out there in the multiverse that are so massively engorged that their black holes punch out giant new universes for breakfast. But wielding Occam's razor over all this, it might be reasonable to ask whether we are just avoiding the origin problem through multiplicity. Maybe our universe does owe its origin to another universe, and that universe owes its origin to yet another universe. But eventually, we do have to grapple with the notion of how the very first primeval universe came to be. And if we do come up with an answer to that, we might then ask: Couldn't that answer do just as well for an explanation of why our universe came to be? As William of Ockham once said, sometime around the fourteenth century, plurality is never to be posited without necessity. So, sure, the universe might be a black hole, and every black hole in our universe might be another universe. It's not likely that anyone is going to prove this wrong any time soon. But perhaps a better question to ask. Is whether this untestable claim serves any useful purpose? Does it actually provide us with a better understanding of the physics underlying how our universe came to be? Here at Cheap Astronomy, we say nope. And thanks, Janet. So there you go. If we all live in the centre of a black hole from which information can never escape. All this science stuff seems a little futile and pointless, but if we don't live in a black hole—and let's face it, we probably don't—why not keep on trying to shed light on all this dark stuff and continue our steady march into the future? And that's it for another episode of Dear Cheap Astronomy. If you've got a space science question. Or you've just lost your keys and can't find them under the streetlight? Why not write to cheapastro at gmail dot com and let us stumble around in the dark for you? Thanks for listening, Steve Nerlick, Cheap Astronomy. <laughs>